10-5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits! Culver is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else. Matt Stoltz and Brad Bova. And we welcome you into the Second to None Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Coming up here in the next little bit, we'll get you caught up on everything that's happening in the world of A-State athletics this week. But we're going to start off with our special in-studio guest, going to be a sophomore place kicker from Chandler, Arizona. It's Dominic Zavada. How you doing, Dom? Man, doing great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. What? So, hang on, but before we started, like, as we were in here, in a full disclosure, we tell everybody what's up. So, Brandon yeah. Baxter's in this studio doing some stuff, yeah. and he shakes your hand and says, oh, you're taller than I thought. And, and I'll be honest, <laughs> I, I've thought the same thing, so it makes me wonder, like, how often do you get that? Number one, uh, how tall are you? I get that a lot. I mean, normally people think kickers are a little smaller people, but... Usually they are. My, my dad's like 6'2", my mom's like 5'10", so I think... I mean, I've got the jeans and stuff like that. And What's your height? Six, six, three, six, three. My brother's actually taller than me, though, and he's a junior in high school. I would like to know <clears throat> where you rank as far as all the kickers in the country. How yeah. many kickers are six three? It's actually it's actually better to be taller if you're a kicker because you got you got more leverage and stuff. Especially if you got longer legs and you can kick the ball a lot farther. There's no malice here. It's out of complete love yeah. for Blake Groupie. But you're like a foot and a half taller than the last guy. Yeah, I love Blake. and But, yeah, I, I do tower him a little bit. I've only uh, met him once in person. But, um, yeah, I kind of, you know, stare straight down and look right at his. his. Well, it, <laughs> I didn't know we'd get straight into to Groupie. But yeah. you're talking about the all-time leading scorer in school history and you know he had an extra year of eligibility and he ended up going to Notre Dame last year it it worked out for him it worked out for you coming in here and uh, having the great season that you did but I know you guys actually kind of talked a little bit and complimented each other on social media yeah yeah so I was talking to the coaches back in high school and stuff like that even when Blake Groupie was still playing here and stuff like that and uh, we talked a little bit over social media and stuff like that and uh kind of just normal talk i mean we've gotten really close over the past couple months and stuff like that and just he's been giving me advice about his experiences and stuff like that and you know when i have a question i just i know he's a guy that i can go to and talk about uh these sort of like football related stuff because he's been through it all he's been college football for five years now so great guy there's obviously a whole new, you know, long path to go down as it pertains to kind of groupie and the opening and yeah. getting done. So we can get there in a bit. All so right. let's go and kind of get the background story. <laughs> yeah. So you're from Chandler, Arizona. Yeah. And I, I know because of our conversations mm-hmm. in the past, yeah. you didn't start out playing football, right? No, no. I, I played soccer ever since I was a little kid. I played rec soccer and then I went and played club soccer for a couple of years and then played from high school and stuff like that. And I enjoyed it and stuff, but um, it never really interested me to play past high school. But, yeah, I, I played soccer a lot of my youth. Football ended up coming around just yeah. here in the last few years. How yeah. did that come about? I was actually playing soccer junior year or sophomore year. And a uh, kid on my team was like, hey, we need a, a football kicker. And I was like, eh, I, I think I could do that. So um, during the pandemic, when uh, everything kind of shut down, I had a lot of time on my hands and I was like, all right, let's just uh, kind of 
give this a shot and go out there every day and kind of just kick kick at the local high school and stuff like that and kind of ended up working out i think so <laughs> who saw it yeah so, so eventually word got to the coaches that, well hey, yeah so I, eventually i i texted my coach because he was my he was my pe teacher and other stuff and it's a smaller high school so everyone really knows everyone i i told him i was like hey man like i've been i've been working on kicking footballs over the summer like let me come and practice with y'all and if you like me and play for the team and stuff like that and he, he did and i was very fortunate to be able to play for him and kind of led me to where i'm now so among you kickers because you guys are kind of your own community yeah. like what's the it would seem like it's a pretty natural tie-in with with soccer yeah but, but what percentage do you say of big time kickers also played soccer oh it's it's a lot I, i'd say that the kickers that usually go on to do good things and kind of go past like even just division one and going pro I, i'd say most of the kickers in, in the nfl and most elite college kickers have played soccer a little bit of kicking 101 or kicking for dummies in this case you can kind of <laughs> tell us yeah. i mean when you're kicking a football as opposed to kicking a soccer ball yeah what are the differences well i mean obviously a football is different than a soccer ball like the uh, the shape is obviously different so there's a different sweet spot and i think for soccer you have many different ways of kicking it you can you can curve it or you can you know kick a knuckleball or stuff like that football obviously we're trying to kick it the same every time it's just a different sweet spot and you kind of want to swing more straight uh with soccer you kind of want to you know curve it a little bit just so you can get a nice little whippage or something like that if you want it is different going transitioning from soccer to football season is a little little different it takes about a couple of weeks to get back to normal but overall it's it's pretty much the same We'll go one step deeper than that, and I'll shift because I know we talked before we started here, and you also like to play golf. Yeah. How alike is the terminology between oh, kicking and the like, golf swing? Oh, so I, I read books on golfers and their mentalities and stuff like that because I think the mental side of golf is really – it really links well with kicking footballs is it the same thing like obviously you, you know your your kick you're gonna have a certain swing pad so if it gets yeah inside out are you gonna yeah, hit a, you, are you gonna you hit know, it right to left and yeah. the same type thing so it's it's the same sort of thing if you kind of cross over too much you'll 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 hook the ball or if you swipe across you'll you'll fade the ball and stuff like that so you can definitely kind of link it to golf and a lot of kickers i know love to play golf too and i don't know if it's just coincidence but you can definitely put a lot of things together that's interesting. I mean, and really, I, I've never drawn that parallel before, but mm -hmm. it, it does make a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah. All right. So you start kicking for your football team mm -hmm. in high school. Yeah. When did you realize that, hey, I'm pretty good at this. I might be able to go to college. Well, I, I started going to the kicking camps. People there kind of started telling me, hey, man, like you could you could get a scholarship. You, you kind of really work for it. And I guess people saw my potential even very early on. Stayed the course with the camps, and I had a coach, Steve Roush, who really helped me out. And I don't know what he saw in me, to be honest, but he worked with me all the time just to get me to uh, kicking at a Division One school. And I really credit him because he really did a good job. And now he's he went from just training me and, like, two other kids. Now he has 60 kids every Saturday uh, training with him. And it's crazy to see. And it's, it's good for him. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's amazing. And, Talk about this kicking community, and you and I have talked a little bit about it, that a lot of times who you work with is just sort of based on that guy's mm -hmm. network because these college coaches, it's not like they're going to have the ability to go watch every high school team in the country and mm -hmm. see who's got a good yeah, kicker. So, so that, it's yeah. like one-stop shopping. That's how it usually works is the, the 
coordinators or the quality control coaches will text these guys who run these camps. Or they'll just ask, hey, who's your who's your guy? Who's who can fit us the best? And and then they'll send them whoever they send. And so it's it's crazy to see. And um, like the community, like you said, like I I know a lot of the kickers that are in my class, and because we would go to camp together, and so we we actually have a group chat. Um, like all these kickers around the country and in my class, like kickers from Alabama and Auburn and stuff like that. We, we're all friends. We all text each other film and stuff like that. It's a great community. And You ended up being first team All-State yep. in high school. Yeah. And obviously at that point, you have the attention of some colleges mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. When did you first hear about Arkansas State? Actually, it was just halfway through the senior season, Coach Shex DM'd me on Twitter and kind of just asked how I was doing, if I could set up a call, and then kind of led to a, hey, man, come out for a game day visit. And then we kind of just kept in contact over the over the time until um, he eventually offered me and stuff like that. Another thing kind of unique to you guys, and I've never really understood it besides just knowing it's the way it goes, is that you guys play, in, in my opinion, a, a pretty – important position and mm-hmm. you're out there standing by yourself and it's make or miss yeah putting points on the board yeah yet history tells us people always try to get that guy to come without a scholarship well, how's that work yeah so i mean i didn't come here on scholarship I, I was just a walk-on and usually kickers unless you're like number one in the class don't go on scholarship i don't remember how many kids in my in my class for kickers got i think it was like two or three for fbs level and so, and those are, I think, group of five teams as well. So it's it's more of just going in and proving yourself. And once you can prove yourself, you get rewarded with that scholarship. I remember when you got here for fall camp last season, I kept hearing about this kicking competition. Yeah. And we watch it during practices. Yeah. And it seemed like nobody was missing. <laughs> and it, it was the most amazing competition. And yeah. I remember visiting with Coach Schoonover about mm-hmm. it. And he said... This is the best competition I've ever witnessed yeah. before a season. There were three of you out yeah. there fighting for the job. Kind of take me through, I mean, you had come in mm-hmm. not long before, and all of a sudden you're fighting with two other guys to yeah. try try to win the job. Yeah, well, um, Aiden Ellison and Tristan Matson are both excellent kickers. Tristan Matson obviously went over to uh, Central Michigan. He's going to start this year. He's doing good stuff. And Aiden Ellison's doing really good. He had a great spring. And uh, he pushes me. I'm always on the edge of my seat because I'm like, man, Aiden's going to come. And I don't know. He's, he's always hunting for me and stuff like that. And I, I love him. It was crazy over fall camp. Just, I mean, I would have a great day. And then Tristan would also have a great day. And Aiden would also have a great day. And that was just like every single day they'd line us up and they'd try and make things harder by moving us back. But everyone just kept making it. So it kind of came down to the last few days of who was going to come out on top. At the end of fall camp, you had won the job, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite moments from last year, we're at the preseason kickoff banquet, Yeah, and <laughs> I remember, you know, Coach Jones and I are talking beforehand, and he said, hey, I, I want to give you a heads up, because I'm going to give a scholarship to Dominic Zavada, yeah. and I said, oh, that's awesome. He gets up on stage, and he doesn't say it at mm-hmm. first what he's going to do but he brings you up to the stage yeah. and he has you just start introducing yourself yeah, right I, kind of take me through that moment I was, what happened i was just confused I, I was just chilling eating my dinner and stuff like that talking to my friends and 
then he's like, well, I'm going to put Dominic Zavada on the spot because, uh, and he's like, Dominic Zavada, come up here. And then, uh, yeah, he's like, just introduce yourself. I'm like, okay. And uh, say where I'm from, what I'm doing here and stuff like that. And then. So now the question is, like, he, you're right. He goes through all this stuff. You said name and hometown, this and that. Yeah. And the last thing he asks you is, Dominic, are you on scholarship? Yeah. So he asked me, I'm like, no, sir. And then, uh, Behind him, he magically pulls out a red folder, and then and it's a scholarship, and that was just crazy. I was kind of just stunned for a second. I couldn't even talk, because um, at the time I was not really in the like I had no idea what to expect. But like looking back on it now, like what else could it have been? Because um, especially after he asked that question, I was just like, man, like. Well, I don't blame you. No, I mean, no, I mean, I was like, I was, the- I was like flustered. I was up there in front of all these people I'd never even met before. I mean. Half of the team probably didn't even know my name still, and, and then I'm up there introducing myself. And <laughs> I thought he said, are you on scholarship? And I said, no, sir, I'm a walk-on. And coach said, well, you are now. You are now. Boom. Boom. Yeah. And just a really cool moment because yeah. the rest of your teammates were yeah. able to celebrate for you. I know everybody was excited oh, for yeah, you at that was, moment. That was probably one of the best nights of my life. It was just uh, and I'll never forget. Tell me about that phone call home. What's that like? Oh, yeah. I mean, I called my parents, and um, I guess they already knew. But uh, I called my coach, Steve. I called him, too. He had no idea, and he was he was really happy for me and stuff like that. But, yeah, calling my parents. They got tipped hit. off? Uh, yeah, I, I guess someone – I think uh, Coach Shex called him. But uh, they were really happy for me, and my mom was crying. I was impressed at how you got up to the mic <laughs> and, and just started talking as much as you did. Yeah. I, I didn't I, I didn't expect all of that. <laughs> and even after you got the scholarship, you know, I, I expected you to celebrate and then walk yep. off the stage. You went back up there and, and basically did an acceptance speech. Oh yeah. I mean just I, thanking <laughs> everybody. I was just like I, I, I had to say something. So um yeah, I just kinda thanked everyone and then was like, All right, see you later. <laughs> Well, it was a great moment. It sure was. And it, it was a good way to kind of introduce yourself to a, a lot of the fans that were there. And you end up going into week one, and yeah. I know you kicked a lot of extra points yeah, it was in the first a game. Lot of, uh, probably, probably the best game I could have had transitioning because I was, I was freaking out that whole week. Just like, man, i got to start. Like It kind of set in. Like I've got to play in, on live TV and stuff like that in front of a lot of people. And so just having extra points that week was just kind of good. It kind of smoothed me in and it kind of led to the to week two. Well, let's talk about week two because <laughs> your first ever field goal was yeah. in front of over 100,000 people at yeah. the Horseshoe. And against Ohio State, you come out for not just your first field goal, but mm-hmm. your first four field goal tries. Yeah, yeah it was a crazy day. I kind of blacked out, to be honest. I don't really remember much going on to the field, but, uh, I mean, I remember celebrating with my teammates after I made that first kick. It was like, I don't even know what it was, like a 29-yard kick, but it was still like, I mean, after I put it through, me and Ryan Hansen were like yelling, like, ah, like, let's go. And then that kind of just, that momentum just put it through the next three field goals and then kind of through the rest of the season. I think you hit a 45-yarder that Yeah, year, yeah, you? it was a long, long kick. I didn't really realize it, though, to be honest. I just, I do remember, though, I kind of put my hand up to kind of line up my kick before I take my steps over, and uh, we were kicking towards that student section, and all I see when I look up is just a sea of red and all their hands, like, waving and them just yelling at me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. 
And that is a moment I'll never forget is just a sea of red and just the ear piercing screams and do you try to block that out? Is yeah. it even possible to block that out in um, the background? I try. Uh, something that really screws me up is when the announcer says, and up for the kick, Dominic Zavada. And then I hear my name, and I'm like, oh, shoot. And then... You're talking about the public address Yeah, announcer. Yeah, like when they when I'm taking my steps back, they say, and now up the kick, Dominic Zavada, or for the field goal attempt, Dominic Zavada. And they always tell us not to look at the jumbotron because you'll get, you'll get freaked out, but... I mean, you can't escape that. So I think that's something that they might do on purpose just to try and get in kickers' heads. But um, it it almost worked. But no. So, but what a day! Yeah. I mean, you go four for four. Yeah. In your first four field goal attempts at Ohio State, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that had to help your confidence. Yeah. Oh yeah. Time. I mean, definitely pushed me through the rest of the season. Like I kind of thought, like, man, if I can kick at Ohio State, I can I can kick anywhere. No, no real pressure anymore. So yeah. um, that's that was kind of my mindset through the rest of the season. Kind of been my mindset ever since. You said people do things to try to freak you out. Yeah, people will try when the situation calls for it. Right, coaches will opposing coaches will try to ice the kicker. Yeah, grab a timeout. Right, as you're getting ready. Yeah. To, does that work? Have you ever felt iced? No. I mean, at Texas State, we had a time where to go up to tie the game. It was like a twenty twenty five yard field goal. It wasn't very long, but they did ice me. Or they tried to at least. And uh, it was one of those TV timeouts where they were like three minutes long. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm like, just take a couple more practice swings and I'm good to go. I think icing, I mean, I've never really had a long field goal where I've had that, where they've tried to ice me, but I, it doesn't, I, I've never really felt any pressure after going from a timeout or something like that. Yeah. Well, when it's time, I'll be ready. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing every time. Easy for me to say. <laughs> you end up. Having a, a phenomenal freshman season, yeah. 17 of 18 last year, and the only miss was from over 50, and that yeah. was into the wind in, in Texas State, and you still almost made that one. Yeah. I mean, towards the end of the season, you get a little fatigue and stuff like that, and I was in practice, I was I was struggling to kick longer field goals. Like, we usually go back to 52 to end practice, and sometimes, you know, I'd hit the crossbar and end up short a little bit. So I, I tried to just kind of kick it as hard as I could and um, do more of a line drive, especially into the wind. You don't want to kind of put it up there because then it'll just get caught. It was right there, and, but didn't quite have it. What, what I thought was cool about that day was, yeah, you missed into the wind from, you know, 50 plus, mm-hmm. but your next try, coach put you out there from 56 yeah. and you drill it. Yeah. Well, if you actually look at the film, I don't know if you're familiar with Justin Tucker's record uh, field goal he had a couple of seasons ago uh, where he actually took a step back and kind of hopped into it. Um, I did the same sort of thing because I was like, well, I really got to make sure I get there this time, especially with the wind behind me. There's no real excuse to miss short. So I kind of take a step back and hop into it and then just kind of kick it as hard as I can. And luckily it went right down the middle. Had you done that before, yeah, the, so the hop? I, I practice it like once or twice in pre-practice every day. Uh, so just whenever the time came, if I had to do it, I'm ready for it. When does the hop come in? Is it a certain so, length so, uh, of uh, the field goal? It's kind of feel. You kind of feel it. You just kind of take a little step back and then hop into it. And you really got to hope that the, the team doesn't rush because the operation time is going to be a little longer than it's supposed to be. So it's a happy Gilmore of kicking. Yeah, actually, that's a very, very good analogy. Is just yeah, run up to it and smack it. <laughs> okay. Well, now we'll we'll know. We say, well, it's a pretty far one here. You may have to happy Gilmore it. We'll we'll look for that. Yeah.
obviously the numbers were very good and we knew that it'd be a possibility but mm-hmm. when you were named a semi-finalist for the Lou Groza award as a yeah. true freshman one of just 20 semi-finalists I think one of only two freshmen yeah yep. that were named what did that mean to you uh it meant a lot it was just crazy to kind of see that I kind of knew that I was going to get it I mean I kind of felt like I deserved it I was really thankful to be able to get that though and then last week we see you named you know, a state's freshman of the year, yeah. and that was in a, you know, a pretty. That was a lot of competition. We oh, saw yeah. who was nominated for Absolutely. that award. Absolutely, I was like, man, I might not. I might. There's some really good competition up here. <laughs> I have no idea who's going to get this thing. Because yeah, I can't remember who. On I'm going to forget somebody, and I apologize. But I remember, you know, Terrence Ford was up for yep. that, and yeah. Miles Thomas, the yep. freshman of the year in indoor track, was yep. up for that. So I mean, there's some dogs. Everybody, yeah, it was some dogs for <laughs> the freshman of the year. <laughs> All the attention was well-deserved. And look, after the season, there were opportunities. And there's, I think everybody knows it by now, there's opportunities to go other places. Yeah. Why did you choose to stay here at Arkansas State? Why is this the place you want to be going forward? Well, I mean, first off, I love everything about this place. I love my teammates. The coaching staff is something you won't find a lot of other places. Butch Jones has had my back since I've been here. Me and him are really close. We text each other every day. And the way that he has built this program, I really believe in it. I can't credit the coaching staff enough for being so supportive of me and stuff like that. Even even when I'm going through, have a tough practice, something like that, when I'm walking through the hallways or, hey, Dom, good job today. Keep your head up. You won't find that really anywhere else. And also the way that Butch Jones runs his program is he's, he loves special teams. And again, that's something you won't find a lot of places. Is he spends time doing special teams like field goal period and kickoff period and that will help me get better and make me feel more comfortable when it actually comes comes time to kick on the big stage and I love this town I I love everything about it it's perfect place for me we sort of talked before we start recording kind of laying some groundwork here and kind of what we're asking and what we're not asking in Mm -hmm. terms of like yeah but tell me the ways people try to go back getting to you yeah like what have you what all did you deal with Uh, people trying to get in your ear coaches would contact people that knew me and stuff like that and um try and get to me through them and it's just hard because you never really know who's telling the truth or anything like that and frankly i mean if i want to go do something i'll i'll enter the portal if i want to leave i'll do it myself i don't need coaches coming talking through people to me i don't i don't need that if i want to leave and if i want to talk to coaches i'll just i'll do it myself well said yeah you know i'm glad you brought up coach jones and his emphasis on special teams Mm -hmm. and look just overall top to bottom when you look at every phase of the special teams last year Arkansas State was ranked number two in the country and it's because there is so much emphasis on special teams and really it's neat and I was asking you even before we recorded about your new special teams coach and Josh Conklin Mm -hmm. this is a guy that has been a head coach a collegiate head coach the last five years former defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. at Pitt he's got a really good resume so tell us about being able to have two guys like that coach Jones and coach Conklin that put such an emphasis on yeah I've only been with Conklin for the spring but uh, me and him have gotten very close even over the spring and stuff like that and I I love him a lot and we've you know we talk back and forth about stuff not even about football just about life like we go to lunch and dinner together and with all the specialists, I think I think part of the reason that we're 
the reason that we're the specialist room is so successful not only because we do stuff on the field but because we also do stuff off the field together and we have a very very good chemistry and that that includes the coaches and coach Tillman and coach Conklin and stuff like that they're also a part of that and so I think the the uh, synergy that we have is just because we're a very tight group in basically you know little more than a year if that you go from a guy who's going to move across the country as a walk-on for yeah. a chance to win a job yeah. to a scholarship kicker mm-hmm. to a freshman all-american yeah. to now i mean it, we talked about it and it, it's no exaggeration because of the climate in college athletics you're staying here yeah. is one of the biggest stories of the offseason yeah that's a long way to go from kids moving <laughs> across the country to try to win a job to that in about a year. So yeah. what's, it, what's it been like? Oh, it's been a wild ride. But, I mean, it's, I'm just so blessed to have people around me that care about me and keep pushing me to be the best person I can be. And first guy here, my thought process and what my coaches had told me back home was just put your head down and work and things will just come as they come. And so that's what I did. And things just kind of kept going my way. And, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm fortunate. You're fortunate because you got a good head on your shoulders, and a lot of that uh, I know comes from coming from a great family. Yeah, you know, I, I had a chance to visit with your mom and dad and yeah. your brother uh, before one of the games late in the year, and yeah. uh, you, you can tell you guys have a, yeah. a, a very close family. I, I love my family a lot. I love my my brother. Me and him have a very very good relationship. We played football together one year, but yeah, I mean, growing up, he was my best friend, and. My parents, um, I love them both. They do a lot. They sacrifice a lot for me and stuff like that to be where I am. So the least I can do for them is just to work as hard as I can with what I've been given. Is that a younger or older brother? Uh, younger. He is a going to be a senior in high school. And you say he's taller than you? Yeah, he's like and he might be the same height as me, but um, he plays offensive line. So he's really like, yeah. He uh, he's he's probably like two two ten two oh five. Six three. He's a unit. So um, I've talked to him too about you know, hey man, I can get Coach Coach Kwan on the phone if uh, if you'd like. <laughs> see if Coach Kwan would like me to see if Coach Kwan would like you. He's like, nah, nah, I'm okay because he sees all the stuff that we do, and I don't think he, I don't know, he's just not. It doesn't interest him in anything like that. But. Because here's the deal: I don't care full ride scholarship, cost of attendance, <laughs> NIL, the whole bit. Yeah. If you don't love it, no, you better not do it. There's no, there's no way you could even, you could even make it through fall camp or anything like that without loving it. Just because the amount of amount of time you spend doing it cannot last if you don't love it. And that's regardless of what sport you're playing at right. the collegiate yeah. level. Anything you do, I mean, you got to love something in order to be be really good at it. I think um, you just got to fall in love with the process, not the results. I think spring practice is over with overall. What were your thoughts, not only with uh, what you were able to do, but what you saw from the rest of the team? Uh, I mean, I think we had a really good spring. I think I had a pretty good spring. Specialist room had a really good spring. You know, we put on a great spring game. We have a lot of, a lot of great players, a lot of great people in, in our room. And I'm, I'm very excited to see how the season goes and know that we're going to do very good things. I know school's about to wrap up here in the next few days. You're yeah. Going back home for a little while? Oh, man, I'm excited. Yeah, I leave next week and um, be back all of May. Just going to kind of enjoy my time. And then, uh, yeah, we're back here in the summer for summer workouts. And, I mean, with the blink of an eye, you fall camp, and then, boom, you're in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, playing against Oklahoma. So, How are you trying to improve going into <sighs> next year? Anything think, in particular you're, you're working on? Yeah, so 
Coach Tillman, who's our one of our new special teams coaches, he came in and he's really helped me with my form and stuff like that. Just being able to be even more consistent from deeper distances and stuff like that. And but really, the main thing I'm trying to work on is my uh, mental game because that's that's a huge side of kicking. Just trying to be even more mentally strong when adversity comes or you know when when things start to go sideways. Can you like say, all right, next kick, just move on, don't even think about it. And so I think that's that's definitely something that. I've worked on over the spring and I'll continue to work on just trying to, you know, have a stronger mentality that, you know, whatever happens with this kick after it's over, it's over. You can't do anything about it. Just on to the next one. So we didn't talk about it. We kind of, you mentioned the <laughs> pandemic hits and you go out and start kicking a football. Yeah. Was it always place kicking? Did you try punting and kicking off? No, to do it? never really tried punting. I punted and I punted for my high school, but I never really took it seriously. But it, yeah, I mean, I just went out there and started pair of sticks that I bought from like Dick Sporting Goods and just kicked it and filmed myself and put it on Twitter and you could probably go find the first video on, <laughs> on Twitter right now it's uh you might not you might not think it's very impressive but uh I mean I I, I sometimes like going back and being like wow I man I really used it my form was terrible well uh, I know that you have very good range you're trying to get better range yeah. but What's the longest one you've hit in practice? In practice. Or period. Just so anytime. At a camp last summer, I went to Orlando for a kicking camp. And uh, it was me and, me and Tristan Matson and Jack Bullard. We all went. We were kind of just having fun. And Tristan's got a huge leg. And so we were kind of just moving back. And we get back to like 65. And he hits a 65-yard kick. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to move one back. And I moved back to 66, and I, I kick like a line drive. And I got the wind behind us, and I, it barely goes in. So 66 is the longest I've ever done. 66. You play like – you guys basically – you play horse? I mean, it's like, it's <laughs> Actually, yeah, we do. Fun. You can like um, – you don't have to stay inside the hashes. Like sometimes you'll go over to the sideline or be like – I don't know. You go like up to the goal line and be like, try and hit the post or something like that. I mean, <laughs> it's fun. It's I like fun. it. It's I'd fun. like to come out and watch you guys play. Oh yeah, and play horse. And there's sometime. another thing we play. It's it's called golf, and you get one punt, one kickoff, and one field goal, and you have to start from one end zone and put it through the uprights. So, um, and sometimes you can we can play where it's just a punt and a field goal. So you got to really smoke it, but you you start from the end zone and you got to get all the way and put it through the uprights with one field goal one kickoff and one punt yeah because i would think you can honestly matter of fact i would think you have to let off (laughs) because if not with with one kickoff and one punch you're gonna be too close yeah one yeah so you kind of have to like you know almost try to strategic yeah like a gap wedge or something i got you with your punt (laughs) you got a major picked out uh yeah financial management i i enjoy it i mean i I don't know it's just like something i picked and I hope I can do something with it in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I enjoy that sort of thing. Well, we have really enjoyed this visit. This has been fun getting Mm -hmm. to know more about your story and a lot of people rooting for you right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm very blessed, like I said, to have such an incredible family and friends and everyone just um, always encouraging me. Dominic Zavato joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We've got more to come right after this. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. 
Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Taking a look at this past week at A-State Athletics, the baseball team was scheduled to play five games. They ended up playing four of them. They opened the week last Tuesday playing a historic matchup against Henderson State in the ASU system now. And we talked about it on the podcast last week, yep. kind of what a big deal that was. But you know, able to win that game 10 nothing in seven innings, but neat to have them on the schedule now. Yes, and have the, the chairman of the board of trustees, Jerry Morgan, mm-hmm. throw out the first pitch and... We won't tell you how that first pitch went, but but he threw out the first pitch. Uh, we won't talk about who all's thrown first pitches this year. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, actually, except for maybe a game sponsor at the same time, I'm trying to think about the other first pitch Tuesday night. But past that, anybody else, and that includes my colleague Andy Shatley, nobody else has kept it out of the dirt. And right. Shatley would tell you he buried a slider. And so I'll let him keep telling you that. But we've who, seen some. Uh, who inside the athletic department do you think could come in and you'd feel confident they'd throw a strike? Zachary Patterson. <laughs> well, I'd feel good with a former player, a former pitcher, yeah. in fact, coming in and throwing a strike. Anybody but Jerry Scott. He could, no, he would eight hop it. That uh, Henderson State victory was the third straight win for the Red Wolves. And then they were scheduled to play the following night at Little Rock. That game ended up being rained out or it was canceled due to forecasted the, out. Well, that's what it was. I mean, we saw a threat of rain in the forecast. Both teams had played the day before, and I'm sure they were thinking about pitching for the weekend as well. And ultimately, that's Little Rock's call to yeah. cancel that game at home. It's the home team in control up until you get it started. Then it's the umpires. And then... After the game was canceled Wednesday, Red Wolves ended up going down to Hattiesburg, played three games against a really, really good Southern Miss team over the weekend. They're top 25 in the RPI, and you see what all the fuss is about. That's the best team the Red Wolves have played this year. Southern Miss ends up getting the sweep. They win 12-1 to Friday, 4-1 to Saturday, and then 17-7 to on Sunday. Just never got off to a good start in any of the games. I think Southern Miss scored five in the first on Friday. They scored two in the first Saturday and then four in the first on Sunday. And when you're digging yourself a hole yeah. like that every single game, it, it's tough to dig out. Yeah, and actually, I had a little chat with uh, Coach Raffo before he came over here today. And I think the thing that maybe perplexed him or – I would say the the disappointing thing for his standpoint is that his team just didn't have the at-bats it had been having, like over the last handful of weeks, right? You know, then they've got a way, and there's all this criteria to chart quality at-bats, and they've got a magic number of quality at-bats a game. They think if we hit this number, our win percentage goes way, way up, and for the most part of the weekend, they didn't get remotely close to that number and that doesn't always mean you're getting a hit like there's a lot of ways you can have a quality at bat without getting a hit so that's that was his biggest thing is that uh, he didn't feel like they put together the at bats regardless of the result that they had been doing going in 
Yeah, going into the weekend, the Red Wolves were averaging nearly 11 runs a game over their previous 10 games. So they've been doing some really good things offensively. And we sat here last week and talked with Casey Tollett about that. Now, one guy that did perform well last week, again, was Brandon Hager. Two more home runs on the weekend. Now has 10 on the season, 20 in his career. And uh, that moves him into the top 10 on the all-time list. And Look, he's got another year after this one. Brandon Hager could very well break the all-time career home run record at Arkansas State by the time he's out of here. You know, hey, look, you know you're a big deal when your home runs have their own name. Hager Bombs. He hits Hager Bombs. It's a great name. It is good. Yeah, I like that. The uh, tennis team saw their season come to an end last Wednesday. They lost to Coastal Carolina at the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Looking forward to seeing how they get things turned around now. Herman Del Magro came in as the new head coach kind of middle of the year, and, and now he can bring in some new players, and uh, hopefully we'll see a big uh, uptick next year. Yeah, I think really to everything you said, I mean uh... – coach came in and you could even see kind of their results get better at the end but i just think him coming in and getting to kind of do it his way he came in an interesting situation in the time of year he did but i i really like that hire and kind of look forward to seeing what happens with the tennis program meanwhile the track and field teams had three different meets they were participating in last weekend to wrap up the regular season at the Drake Relays, Jacob Pyatt continued his big year. He took down the school record in the 5,000 meters. And then we had some good performances at the Music City Challenge in Nashville. John A. Cook, how about the weekend she had? She won both the women's 100 meters and the 200 meters. Jacob Tracy winning the men's discus. Imar Palmasimo winning the hammer throw. Now, there's no meets this weekend for the track and field teams. They're getting ready for the Sunbelt Conference outdoors, which begin on Thursday, May 11th. And those are going to be held in Myrtle Beach. And hopefully uh, more jewelry will be added to the collection. For well, Tough and, break for a conference meet location. Yeah, I know. I'm sure they're, they're upset about <laughs> having to go to Myrtle Beach for a few days. Big basketball news coming up when we return to wrap things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank right after this. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize your home really, really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Well, it's been really fun keeping up with what the A-State basketball teams have been doing in the offseason. Some big news coming out last Tuesday and had kind of come out a couple of days before, at least on social media and, and the verbal commitment, but uh, the official announcement of Freddie Hicks, the Searcy native, Tarleton State transfer, and son of former A-State star, Freddie Hicks mm -hmm. Sr., coming in. You could tell just by the social media reaction, folks you talked to around town, people were fired up over this signing. You know, that commitment hit social media during a baseball game, we were all up in the press box, and oh, it was 
you could just see everybody just start showing their phones to everybody else. The word starts spreading. So it is exciting. And, and obviously, you know, that's on two fronts. It's well, I would even say three fronts in no particular order. You got an in-state kid, mm-hmm. you know, coming home. But number two, it's the job he did, the numbers he put up at Tarleton State, being a second-team all-conference guy and, you know, averaging 16 a game and having a game where he attempted 28 free throws, which is a D1 record. And, but the, and then obviously yeah, the legacy part of it. And to me, you just start thinking about like you already start thinking about an NCAA tournament game broadcast and and how that'll be a storyline that gets featured in it. Absolutely. Uh, where you know if Arkansas State you know heads to its second NCAA tournament and both times it's been on a team that's got Freddie Hicks on it, that makes a a pretty good story. He's a six six guard slash forward and. Uh, Look, he was in high demand. There were a lot of schools after Freddie, and he also took visits to places like Arkansas and SMU, and for the Red Wolves to land him, certainly a, a big signing for Brian Hodson, and he, of course, joins Buffalo transfer Laquil Hardnett and UMass transfer DeAndre Dominguez as the latest additions to the roster for next year you know those three commits you couple that with the guys he pulled out of the portal right i mean the, that our own guys and coach hodson has been as advertised no oh, uh, from a recruiting that. standpoint there's no doubt about it and let's not forget the women's team absolutely they not. continue to They're killing it hit the portal and in a big way now there were some players announced last week four players announced now some of these we already knew about but Post players Cheyenne Forney, a Denver transfer, and Emma Amevbor. Am I saying that right? Do we know? I do not the know. correct pronunciation, but she's from London, and she's a Lamar transfer. She'll also help out in the post. In the backcourt, Bree Sutton was somebody we, we knew about before, a ULM transfer, and of course, Winter Rogers, the little sister of head coach Destiny Rogers coming in from West Virginia. And, of course, all those were announced, and then it came out later last week. They added one more commitment in Kendra Gillespie, a post player from Baylor. So big-time additions out of the transfer portal. And don't think anything else. Like, right, I mean, Winter, I mean, and obviously there's the tie with Coach Des, but Winter was a top 100 player in the country coming out. Probably number one player in the state of Arkansas coming out. The big time talent there coming here for West Virginia. Same sort of thing for uh, Gillespie, who I know is waiting to, see, you know, who, as of this recording, may not have sent everything in yet. It's just a commitment. But the word on that one is it was either Arkansas State or a Big 12 team that was getting this kid, another Big 12 team. And uh, so you see that when the kid commit, you know, tweet out her commitment, and it's just like both these basketball programs are just. <laughs> really, really had a good uh, recruiting season. And it wasn't that long ago you talked to people around the state on the high school level, and there were a lot of people that would have told you Winter Rogers, Lauren Pendleton, and Izzy Higginbottom were the top three recruits in the state of Arkansas at the time, and they all happen to be on this A-State roster now. They're really set up. I mean, they've addressed you know kind of their area of needs with some bigs i actually had a chance and i just sort of happened into it but uh went walked in coach des's office one day to do something i don't even remember what and the staff was sitting there watching recruit video and i just sat with them they were watching bigs and some of the video i saw were these kids that they've gotten committed so each of these basketball staffs are batting such a high batting average and right now i mean you just feel like if they get a kid on campus whether it's the men or women either one if they get a kid on campus they're getting a commitment 
kind of got that feeling right now, which is a really good feeling to have around these basketball teams. And I, I just love going around town and people wanting to talk hoops Yep. in May, which is something that uh, doesn't happen. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Often. Looking ahead to this week, baseball team in action. Uh, they've got four games scheduled, all at home. Tuesday night against Memphis, 6.30, the start time for that one. And then Old Dominion will be in town this weekend. Hopefully we don't have to move too much around due to the weather, but uh, scheduled start times Friday at 6, Saturday at 3, and then Sunday at 11 a.m., early start time Sunday to accommodate Old Dominion's travel schedule. And as we're sitting here recording this, I would just tell people, you know, keep it plugged in with the ticket on face or on social media or Arkansas State's channels on social media to be on the lookout for any potential schedule changes. I mean, the forecast will change 10 times between now and then, but obviously as we're sitting here on Monday, as we're talking, looking at it, it's, you know, not the way you'd want it to look. So be looking for any changes. We've got $2 Tuesday again against Memphis. I'm sure there's a reason it's 630 instead of six. I just don't know what that reason is because I didn't ask. I was talking with Coach Raffo. I think it has something to do with exams and giving uh, them a little bit extra time to, to get over later I, in the day. If I was going to guess, it would have been tied into its finals week at Arkansas State. So I, that makes it does all make the sense. sense. Big weekend at you know on campus period because you got commencement Saturday too, yeah. along with baseball. And I'll actually be out on uh, Saturday and Sunday because we get commencement ourselves at the house with our – oldest graduate from Joe right. high school so we got our invitation in the mail. big weekend we i mean i wasn't even planning on a ramp but like that could be uh, these kids now and their graduation <laughs> invitations or announcements all right well what do you have to say about it all right so i listen i mean who am i kidding even back in our day you sent these graduation they were honest to goodness graduation invitations out right and it was you know you knew these people weren't coming but they might send you a little gift mm-hmm well, now the kids like, and especially like, I'll use my kid, for example. They're so limited in who can go to my our oldest son's high school graduate. His grandparents aren't even getting to go. Really? So, yeah, because they're limited on how many tickets they get. And so now these, these graduation things are full-on not graduation invitations. They're invitations to send me some cash. What, yeah. the, the next move that you're going to, I think you start seeing a little bit and you're going to start seeing a lot. Just get ready. These kids are just about to start putting their cash app and Venmo <laughs> on the invitation. <laughs> I can see that. It's a hundred percent coming. And I think it's probably already happened a little bit, but get ready. It's good. It's going to be the new normal. Forget about the card. At least we'll save a few bucks on the card. Well, that we put the yeah, money don't, don't into. Worry about, yeah. Don't waste your time right now to check and a stamp and all that stuff. Here's my. Here's my cash app. Yeah. (laughs) 100%. That's what we've come to. Should I tell the story? Yes. Absolutely. I ended up wearing sunglasses around Hattiesburg a lot this weekend while I was calling (laughs) baseball. I was the Jack Nicholson of Hattiesburg for a few days. That is because last Thursday night, my daughter and I, who's a 12-year-old who's obsessed with softball, I was pitching to her and... There was one that she hit really hard that knocked me down, hit me right in the eyebrow, thought I had my glove up in time. That's what they all say. That is what they all say. I learned that I'm going to be pitching with the screen from now on. Which should have been happening, yeah. I mean, that's – and I'm glad it didn't turn out. We'll hear the end result here in a minute. But I got to skip ahead. You know, for seven years at, 
in school. You know, Danny Davis was my band director, mm -hmm. legend in that scene. One of the key fundamental teachings he gave us that uh, still obviously comes into play today is that accidents are preventable. <laughs> they are. <laughs> That's really good advice. Well, it hit me straight in the eyebrow. Line drive from a softball in the eyebrow, knocked me down, got seven stitches. CT scan was all good. I think the, uh, the part that was most humorous about it was there were people that came by <laughs> near the field where we were playing, and there were about four people that, that came over and they helped, and they got me some paper towels to kind of help stop the bleeding after, after the accident happened. Well, the daughter and son-in-law of our good friend Robert Spear ended up walking by they they were two of the people that helped and, and i appreciate that yes. they were very nice to stop and do that and made sure i was okay but uh as soon as dad found out about it then the whole world knew it really uh, it took a page like out of the ferris bueller's day off i was just waiting <laughs> like I, save to, stokes i was just waiting to see it turn up on the water tower well i love robert spear but if <laughs> If you want to keep a secret, that man <laughs> is not the one to do it. And, yeah, we've had him as a guest on the podcast before, and I love him. But but uh, I had people texting me with prayers, and Butch Jones included, Philip Butterfield, Jeff Purinton, and I had to tell them all, hey, I'm okay. I got stitches. I've got a heck of a shiner, but uh, everything's you fine. See, so, I mean, I'll try that. I mean, heck, I'll, I was in a whole other group text. Now, from, now Jerry was uh, Jerry Scott. I guess was in your group text. Yes, and he was laughing when I'm telling him everything that happened over the phone, and he said it was a very dramatic text oh, from Robert. Yeah, Spear. let me see. Because I guess he saw some blood from where I I went down. For, it starts with uh, yeah. This is a group, and Jerry's in the same one. And I'll just tell you, Tim Allison is the other person in this group text. Okay. Starts out, Matt Stoltz got hit in the face with a softball. Pretty serious wound. At one point, it, it gets to uh, your availability for the weekend in Hattiesburg. I'll be surprised if he can go. He took a hard lick. <laughs> well, he texted me, too. He said, no way. I mean, and he never saw me. He said, no way you can call that series this weekend. <laughs> I said, Robert, I'm fine, buddy. So I went down, and, and I had Caleb Garner, our sports information director, with me. And we, we went down, and... Didn't have any problems. I just had a black eye while I was calling the games. Which you still have. And I and I'm going to have it for a while. Yeah. But uh, Well, I'm listen, I'm glad we could joke about it. Me too. Could have been much more serious. I do appreciate so many people that care, though. Yeah. So. And I bet you, like, your kid's room had never been cleaner than it was when you got home Sunday. I don't know about that. It, get, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a more be, serious injury. Whatever you need out of her for the next little while. That was the worst part because she was scared when it happened. But she, uh, she's fine. I and I told her as soon as it happened, even while I was still on the ground, I said, "Nice hit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Great swing." And I, I, unplanned. But before we get out of here, should say, tip of the hat, R.I.P. to Mike Shannon. Absolutely. Just like that dude was St. Louis. Oh man, St. Louis. You know, born and raised, graduate of. Catholic high school in St. Louis, played for the Cardinals, worked in the front office, then spent all those years in the radio booth. I mean, he literally, so Mike Shannon was St. Louis. And and I know people had their thoughts about kind of 
different points in his career and certainly the end of it or whatever because he was in there a long time into his 80s you know yeah the uh, legendary figure and unmistakable uh, voice yeah and just like i said love that city and that team for sure just i mean he's in the fabric of that franchise crappy though they may be at the moment <laughs> at the moment you know it'll turn around like i don't it know always does no this is different we'll save a cardinal rant for yeah. next week if they're still struggling it been a really fun episode. Thanks again to Dominic Zavada for coming in. Really, really enjoyed that visit. Thanks to uh, our buddy Jerry Scott for setting that up. For everyone that's been a part of this one, for Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.